0: Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 101. And on this episode, we are going to be reviewing The Matrix Resurrections. Should be a fun one. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about. But before we get into the review, let me introduce my co host, Tom. What's going on, dude? Welcome.
1: Thank you. What's up?
0: Not much, you know. Just hanging out, living day to day, same as always. Uh, and Travis, what's going on, bud? Hello, hello.
2: I am here, and we are recording.
0: Mhm. This is going to be a fun one, I think. But uh, before we start talking about the Matrix, what's been going on? We haven't uh, recorded in a hot minute. Uh, Christmas has passed. Jerry's have a good uh, holiday mm-hmm. season.
2: For the most part, it was a pretty typical Christmas, to be honest. It was uh, a lot of the same, but um, did get some good gifts this year. Not gonna lie, Santa did well.
1: <laughs> any uh, any highlights you care to share?
2: Uh, well, I did get the do the right thing criterion which oh. is cool, but I already owned the 20th anniversary Blu-ray, so it's technically a double dip, but I didn't pay for it, so it's technically not.
0: <laughs> also, 20th anniversary Blu-ray, that's like, what, 2009 or something? That's like, you were due for an upgrade, bud.
2: That's true. <laughs> yeah, although I do think the that Blu-ray f- from memory uh, looks pretty good, but I doubt it can match the criterion. But that might just be the uh, criterion fanboy in me talking. You
0: gotta get them on side by side televisions. Yeah. <laughs> Do a frame by frame analysis of the picture quality. <laughs>
1: you guys ever see those posts on like IGN? It's like, here's what it looks like on the on the Xbox Series 1X, and here's what it looks like on, this, on the Xbox One. Yep. I, can't, I can't tell the difference at all.
0: Here's what it looks like on the Xbox Series X on your iPhone 8. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Like, you can't fucking tell the difference. Like, just looking at a screen grab. Tom, you say that, but if you play on one of those old systems and then play on one of the new systems, you can tell big time.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it's...
2: True. I think it's more of a feel than a look. That's important at yeah. least.
1: Yeah.
0: That it's hard rate, to, dude. I it's hard to
1: <laughs> differentiate actual performance from just like my adrenaline and excitement at getting a new console though. Yeah. And well, my need to to like over justify the amount of money that I spent and encourage myself that I made the right decision.
2: I mean, just go play on an old Xbox, and I feel like you will feel immediately justified.
1: (laughs) If I had one handy, I still wouldn't do it. I have my PS4. It's downstairs. It's in a box. It's gone.
2: Gone yeah, but fire that thing up now, and you're going to think <laughs> it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to wait 45 seconds
0: for it to boot up, and you're going to be like, all right, this is too long. Why would I do box. that when I can
1: go to IGN and I can find a screen grab just to prove my point? It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> there you go.
0: No need. In the box, you <laughs> shall stay in the basement or attic or whatever. I don't know what kind of what kind of sit you got going on. Um, Both. Both. Cool, cool. What about you, Tom? Did you have a good, uh, good uh, holiday break.
1: Yeah, uh, the fam was here. Um, Travis, did I already tell you about the steak? The steak situation. I don't think so. Oh man, this is this is good. So normally, <laughs> my mother in law makes Christmas dinner, but this year, you know, I guess she didn't want to cook for eight people or whatever, which is fair. So Sarah and I bit the bullet. We said, okay, we'll we'll cook Christmas dinner. And we found a recipe for tenderloin and uh, went to pick it up. Um, uh, went to Whole Foods, didn't look at anything, just saw the tenderloin there. They've got like the one pound medallions or whatever, but we needed four pounds in like one piece, one big giant Uber steak, one loin
2: <laughs> tenderized.
1: So I asked him to prepare a four pound steak, they cut it. It's like four and a half pounds, but whatever. Slap the sticker on there, $145. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. You guys know how much Tenderloin costs? At least at Whole Foods, $30 a pound.
0: <laughs> well, that's your problem right there, is you went to fucking Whole Foods for it.
1: I guess. Yeah, to buy I four the and a half pounds steak. of
0: premium
2: meat. <laughs>
1: it's Christmas.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So I, anyway, I totally get it. How much do anyway, you expect to pay,
1: though? god i don't even know like 80 okay yeah
2: (laughs) so you spent double uh
1: i don't know if you go and get like if you go and get like a um uh like a ribeye you're probably gonna spend 20 plus like no matter what pretty much so i I don't know what i was thinking I could. There was no going back because they cut this thing special for me. Like they had to get out the <laughs> the big piece from the back and slice it up.
2: Um, You'd be such an asshole. Eh, I uh, know, but
1: I was so, so I was so nervous to cook this thing. I but um, I had the instant read thermometer for the first time, and uh, I cooked this thing to perfection. Best steak I've ever cooked by far. One of the best steaks I've ever had. It's fantastic. Wow. So, you know, in the end, it was worth it. And, I thought uh, it
2: was going to be a debacle, but it sounds like you just uh, paid more for it than you wanted to.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. So just to recap, uh, the story was <laughs> I paid one hundred and twenty dollars for steak at Whole Foods. <laughs> no, that was the, that 145. was dollars 145. 145. <laughs> That okay? Just just making sure that was the story.
1: All right. Well, you can top it with your own story, Matt. Let's hear
0: it. Uh, um, I had a crazy Christmas uh, that I would prefer not to get into on a podcast. But let's just say...
2: Did you actually have a crazy Christmas?
0: Oh, yeah. Crazy is maybe a strong word. Um, I spent Christmas... In Alabama, with uh, Haley's father side of the family, oh,
2: that is crazy. And <laughs> let's just say there was
0: some drama, okay. Ooh. So we'll we'll leave it at that. But I had a good Christmas, you know. I was a bystander <laughs> for the most part, so you know. I had a fine bo- Christmas.
2: Bonus content. <laughs>
0: yeah, subscribe to the Patreon. You know. <laughs> uh, were there any fireworks involved on. in this story? Any fireworks? Is that you said?
1: Firearms.
0: Firearms. No. No. No, no one. How was about wounded. No, that no one was gored by anything or bitten. Mm. Um, you know, just just some you know typical you know your the stuff you see in Crecia, You know what I mean? You know your your typical uh, your family holiday drama type stuff. You know. Dang. So uh, it's very cinematic. My <laughs> my Christmas. Um, it was good though. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to be in Texas this weekend, uh, to visit Tyler, Travis's brother for uh, right my, on. My, my birthday,
2: my flesh and blood. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
0: Should be fun. Should be pretty low key. I don't, I don't feel great about getting on a plane <laughs> right now, but you know, we can do. I'm boosted. You know, I mask up. So am I part of the problem? Yeah. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, just what's one plane, one plane ride?
1: Are you? I don't know. I was on two planes. Well, I guess four technically, before Christmas.
0: Four. Uh, Jesus. I had to go to
1: L.A. and then to the Bay Area for work. So four oh. flights total.
0: Mm. Pretty cool.
1: But this was kind of pre Omicron, so.
0: Right. So you you were able to fly with a clear conscience, not during the I don't know when was
1: omicron sort of like I feel like I was in LA when I, when <laughs> I heard about this thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it hasn't really like the numbers haven't really like yeah, skyrocketed. Yeah, we, I mean, totally we didn't have
1: a, we didn't even have a case in the states.
0: Yeah, dude. Back in my day, I didn't go past delta, okay? This omicron <laughs> stuff, it's crazy. <laughs> um, Jesus. All right. Any uh, anything else? Tom, do you, do you need to talk about basketball or anything for like forty five seconds or? If did? I talk about
1: basketball, I'll probably kill
0: myself. <laughs> so. Well, we don't want that. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't the yeah, Matrix. We can't just unplug up. you before you bite the bullet.
2: Don't look up the standings. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I do have something real quick, movie related. Oh hell yeah, let's hear it. A little bit of a a tangent or a uh, just a gripe. So I don't know how (laughs) frequent you guys go to the theaters these days, or how frequent you visit an AMC these days. Never. But uh, I once saw Licorice Pizza last weekend, and I won't get into the movie itself, but uh, there was 30 full minutes of trailers Plus the Oof. AMC ads. And now there's that new Nicole Kidman ad. I don't know if you guys have seen it or heard Oh, about God. It. I've seen it <laughs> on the internet, yeah. It's atrocious. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> and it just adds an extra, you know, one to two minutes of unnecessary bullshit before the movie. And it's just getting a bit ridiculous out there. Don't know if there's anything that can be done about it, but just wanted to throw that little complaint out there in case anyone's listening send a send a letter to
0: your congressman uh <laughs> trailers have gotten too long please uh, pass legislation I feel like
1: nicole Kidman has been in a few like not all movie theaters but a few like pretty cringy uh like commercials or something in the last few years i don't know is this ringing a bell for anybody else
2: Yeah, she needs to take better roles. (laughs)
0: Was she was she in that celebrity uh imagine video at the start of the pandemic? Like three weeks in where all Uh, the celebrities like was she in that it seems like something Nicole Kidman would have been in, right? That was the most (laughs) embarrassing video. Yeah, that's the most cringe thing of twenty twenty.
2: Um yeah, yeah I, trailers I, are bullshit ads before movies are bullshit i can stand like you know the 15 to 20 minutes but 30 plus get fucked okay.
0: so while we're griping about movie going experiences um I don't, oh, yeah. I don't have so much of a problem <laughs> maybe this is a regal thing i don't have so much of a problem with the trailers being that long i have a problem with the scheduled showtime being seven o'clock start the fucking you know pre-show ads trailers at 7 don't make me wait until fucking 707 or like it's been getting bad i don't know how it is with amc but it's like you know there's, like, a, a turning point, right? Like, the the pre-movie ad kicks on, the volume goes up. Like, you know when it's, like, okay, now we're getting into movie time and it's not just, like, fucking Maria Menunos talking about,
2: right. you know, there's what's pre, coming soon. There's the pre-pre-game and then there's the pre-game. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's just, like, starting later. I don't know if that's just, like, a, a, a regal thing, but I feel like most of the movies I've been seeing don't, like, the pre-show doesn't start until, like, Five minutes after the scheduled start time. It's crazy. So you're just getting five
2: extra minutes of uh, Of Ads. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Of of
0: movie, the fucking uh, QR arcade thing where you see Uh, the movie. Oh, movie. Movie. Mm -hmm. It's fucked. Right. Uh, Right.
2: (laughs) 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 Sounds like someone's not doing their job over there at Regal. It's
0: a nightmare. It's a nightmare. They've just got to cram in as many ads as they can. (laughs) <laughs> um, Just get your money back I should the Movie I didn't pay for Well I mean I guess I subscribe to their Service or whatever but
2: Oh fun fact before we move on um, I did actually sign up for Regal Unlimited In addition to my AMC Whoa, subscription, dude. And there is a reason for it It's kind of a, a test I want to see how I like Regal versus AMC because yeah. The two closest theaters to me are Regal Theaters, but I think AMC might have the better theaters and also maybe better movie like titles that are playing there. But And AMC also has that little Fandango $5 bonus thing that I love. Um, but beyond that, um, yeah, I had a $10 gift card and they're offering uh, three months for the price of two. So I thought it was the perfect time to uh, experiment. So I'm sure you love
0: the fact that uh, Regal charges you the convenience fee when you buy your tickets
2: ahead of time. Like it's no, not just bullshit. free. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right?
0: <laughs> but it's only
2: 50 cents, which isn't crazy. Mm, per ticket. But... Yeah. Well, and I, I think if you upgrade to their highest plan, I think it'd probably depend on how many Bars. movies you see in a month. You know, would it really be worth it? But um. I think they waive the 50 cent fee <laughs> if you get their highest plan.
0: Do they also allow you to see like RPX and like IMAX stuff without paying ah. the upgrade fee? Because that might be worth it because they make you pay so. basically just your standard ticket is paid for with the subscription that that I pay for anyway. They make you pay extra for right the other stuff. I,
2: I only did like the middle tier, the one that was like for my theater and not the highest right. tier. Right. Mm have to do some research. Well, I yeah. have to
0: do some research. Okay. All right. You guys ready to do this uh Matrix Resurrections review? Let's
2: do it. For sure.
0: Oh yeah. All right. Well, we have a clip. Let's go ahead and listen in. All right. So, the Matrix Resurrections uh, directed by Alana Wachowski, written by Alana Wachowski, David Mitchell, and Alexander Haman. Plot synopsis reads, Return to a world of two realities, one everyday life, the other what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the White Rabbit once more. The film stars Keanu Reeves, carrie anne Moss, Yaya Abdul Mateen, Jonathan Groff, Jessica Henwick, and Neil Patrick Harris. So The Matrix Resurrections, we've known about this one for a little while. Got delayed a wee bit due to the pandemic, but finally arrived right around Christmas time. I know uh, we're we're pretty big uh the Matrix fans on this podcast. I believe it appeared on all 3 of our top 100s of all time. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: All the way up at, I think number 10. It was in my top 10 for sure. I can't remember if it was like 9 or 10, but
0: Oh my god. Tom, it was like it was I don't know, it was in your like top 50 or something, right? Something like that. I think so. Yeah. So we we love the Matrix around these parts. So uh Let's uh let's let's just get right into it. Uh Travis, why don't you go ahead and let us know. What did you think of the Matrix Resurrections?
2: All right. So I would say I was pretty hyped for this one. Didn't really know what to expect. Um I saw like glimpses of images and like parts of the trailer, but didn't really know what I was getting into. Not even really sure what the trailer all really reveals. But uh yeah, I think with this one I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, it seems like people are all over the place with this one. Some people are saying it's amazing. Some people think it's just hot dog garbage. And me, I feel like I'm more on the negative side, but I'm not like completely giving up hope for this one. I th- I think my plan will be to watch all four of them together at some point. Probably not anytime soon, just cause I have too much other movie homework right now. But um, yeah, for Matrix Resurrection, Resurrection specifically, I thought it was pretty silly and messy. Um, Also pretty convoluted and just plot heavy. And you guys know me, I'm not really the biggest fan of plot heavy films. So uh, yeah, I just thought this one was a little hard to uh, keep track of what was all going on and I didn't really think the action was that uh, dazzling, especially if you compare it to some of the stuff in the original trilogy. The standout action sequence it was like the main one at the end with the motorcycle. That's all I'll say for now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the some of the other action was good, but some of it felt a little lackluster. Like it almost felt like TV action or something. It just didn't... I don't know. When I think Matrix, I think like groundbreaking action, special effects, and all that. And I didn't really get that with this movie. Not saying it was like trying to be groundbreaking again. um, But yeah. And then, yeah, the whole meta ness of it, um, it mostly didn't work for me. I think it's kind of a cool idea or concept, but I just don't know if it was like fully delivered on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mostly on the the negative side but um i'm not that's not a you know like a forever stamp on it
0: you're open is what you're saying yes (laughs) all right open me up matt well tom i'd like to hear your your (laughs) thoughts on this um i really um,
1: hated it I'm going to have to watch at least 10 2021 releases to make sure, or at least 11, to make sure it can't get on there. Wow. (laughs) I'm both disappointed and mad. I don't know. I thought this movie had absolutely nothing to say, and it spent two and a half hours doing that. Um, (laughs) I was so bored. So bored with this movie. Uh, Really convoluted, like Travis said. The things that I did understand, I hated. And they felt like... This whole movie felt like it had been focus-tested to death. Like, they play it pretty safe, you know, in the way that they replay a lot of the Matrix 1 plot. And all the characters are basically, like, recast from (laughs) the Matrix 1. But I I don't know why they decided to go that way. They if they couldn't get like the old cast or if that didn't make sense for what they wanted to do they should have just created brand new characters like we saw new characters get introduced to the story in matrix 2 matrix 3 and they were all you know for the most part additive and usually weird little side characters with not much background but they were fun you know um but in this movie i told i saw it with my brother-in-law and i said that it felt like matrix one had just like teen titans and that's where you get the cast <laughs> of <laughs> the matrix resurrections uh and uh i felt like the um uh, you know like the feminist lens that it was that it was um created in was pretty transparent and didn't add anything really to the story um And, uh, yeah, let's see what else. Uh, The action sucked. I fell asleep for, like, five minutes. Um, And then, like, ten minutes later, I looked over and my brother-in-law was asleep for about five minutes. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I hated everything about this movie.
0: Let me tell you, Tom, those five minutes were absolutely crucial to understanding <laughs> the the nuance it was
1: the it was the <laughs> uh i'm pretty sure it was the neo and morpheus uh fight scene re- redux
0: you fell asleep during the the uh, the redux fight scene like where they're like yeah i think i the... fell asleep like halfway through it oh yeah oh it was terrible man, jesus all right um here we go well Travis I'm gonna borrow I don't think you came up with this term but I think I first heard it from you Um, the matrix resurrections is a mess masterpiece am I saying that right mm -hmm. Travis yeah 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 Uh, the matrix resurrections is a masterpiece I (laughs) am honestly I'm in awe Of this movie, I have not stopped (laughs) thinking about it. I just watched it yesterday. I cannot stop thinking about this movie. I, man, like it's it's not the Matrix movie that I was expecting, but I honestly, I can't see it any other way. Like I, this is exactly the way that this needed to be done. It feels so,
1: or never done.
0: Well, so <laughs> there's there's been a lot of talk about, especially from like Matrix diehards, like why does this movie exist, right? And it it does say explicitly in the movie. I I, I do think we need to have like a, a pretty lengthy like spoiler discussion on this one, but pretty early on in the movie, it's said explicitly in a very meta way. Uh, basically, Warner Brothers was going to go ahead and make this movie. With or without, in this case, Neo's involvement. That's a way of saying the Wachowski's involvement. With or without them, right? So I find that this this entire movie, I think, is kind of being viewed by a lot of people as, like, a fuck you. That it's, like, belittling people who like the original Makes trilogy and just kind of being flippant and it's nostalgia bait. But I just... F- what I find so fascinating about this movie is that it's so obviously a work of Lana Wachowski, right? Like, the reason why I admire this movie so much is that... Th- so, you guys are familiar with the whole, like, co-opting of the red pill thing by, like, men's rights activists? Are you guys familiar with that? No. So red pilling is a term that was adopted by like men's rights activists and has kind of ballooned from there to be adopted by like conservatives in like an anti-woke sense. So people watch The Matrix You know, the red pill and the blue pill, you're going to take the red pill and open up your mind and blah, 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 or blue pill, whatever, right? You know what? You know the concept. So basically, over the last several years, conservatives, specifically to start men's rights activists, have said that wokeness and being politically correct is making young men not. basically they're not being true to themselves because they're afraid of being ridiculed for being anti-PC and all this stuff. And they're basically saying that if you take the red pill, you're pulling the wool from over your eyes and coming out from under the, you know, the, the left, uh, deep state PC wokeness shit. And the fact that that has come out of this creation, that was made by trans women, right? Like, obviously, they weren't uh, publicly trans at the time that these movies were being created, right? But, like, these are the most popular works of art created by trans artists, right? So can you imagine being in her position and having your baby, like, the thing that you put your heart and soul into and enables you to be able to create the art you want to make, be co-opted by people who basically deny your right to exist right so what i find so admirable about this movie is that it's so in your face with its intentions and it's there's no i'm not gonna say nuance there is nuance to this movie but there's no subtlety to it right like one of the criticisms I've seen about this movie is that it's, it's just too obvious with its themes, right? And it's just like, oh, shut up already. You're being too obvious. And it's just, you would be too if you had your life's work stolen from you and weaponized against you by people who were out for nefarious purposes. You know what I mean? So it's like. Now, Matt,
2: real quick. Unless yeah. I don't want to cut you off if you're in the middle of something. No, no, go ahead. Okay, well, I just wanted to say that, thank you for sharing. I did not know about that, but I do feel like that's kind of giving the movie, not like extra credit or too much credit, but it like, and I get that there are like politics involved with movie making and like, you know, like directors want to get their thoughts and ideas and views on things out there and in their movies, but, it does feel like you're kind of giving the movie more credit than it deserves just because of this angle cuz well, like watching it as a movie without that context you can't really like you don't really get that you know but like you explain that is cool but at the same time it's like you have to know that and that's that's like mixing the outside world with movies and i mean i and i know this isn't maybe like everyone's uh view on movies but i usually you know movies are entertainment to me for the most part well and they're art um but like i usually separate like the outside world from movies i mean obviously it depends on what movie we're talking about um but it just seems like you're giving it a little too much credit for that
0: yeah maybe, well,
2: I, maybe I could say that better but i'm just uh I don't know. Not knowing that, you know, like you don't get any of that watching the movie.
0: Well, so I that was more so just kind of laying the groundwork for talking about the movie itself. Like I think on its own merits, that's part of the reason why I found the movie so impressive and captivating is that in a world where uh, Marvel movies are the biggest films in the world, they make a billion dollars every the time they every time they come out, right? Like those blockbusters and that machine is just like a feedback loop of the fans talking about all the stuff that they want to see <laughs> and it getting put in the movie and now there's this whole metaverse. Like it's a different I haven't seen the new Spider Man movie yet, but and I'm not gonna spoil anything, but like I, I know I get the gist of it, right? Like, I know that there's – we see in the trailer that Doc Ock comes back from other Spider-Man movies. And it's just like a feedback loop of, like, giving fans what they want to see. And I think it's interesting that this movie came out essentially not the same weekend, but within the same week as that movie. Because for me, this is about taking ownership of an idea and characters – back right like if the if Marvel movies are like producer driven consumer driven art this is a tour driven art right like if everything about this movie feels like a direct response to those first three movies and I think a lot of people have reacted in a way that they feel it's being like antagonistic towards the previous movies and i don't think that's the case at all
2: like the no i think it's doing both simultaneously like it's trying to have its cake and eat it too because it's trying to do the whole meta thing but then at the same time it's also like paying fan service but it's almost doing it in like a like a backhanded way almost where it's like this is what you want fucker so this is what you're gonna get (laughs) (laughs) but it's almost like giving it like And I get she's maybe trying to make like a bigger um, like comment on the whole like blockbuster machine that you were just referring to, but I do feel like the movie does feel like a little bit of a fuck you to the fans.
0: In what in what sense though? In the sense that like like I feel like a lot of people the movie just feels like
2: a giant joke almost. Like it it just feels like she wanted to like. She didn't want someone else to just do the the machine thing, so she was like, Okay, I'll do it then. And then she like just uh like made a joke out of it. And I do think it's I mean, to say she just made a joke out of it, I think is putting it like way too simply, but it does feel a little bit of that. And I think a lot of
0: people have reacted that way to it. I mean, Tom, was that your reaction too, that it like feels like it's not taking the, like the leg. Cause I think this, a lot of this movie is about like legacy and ideas think, being like weaponized and taking yeah. back, taking that back. Like this is like, I felt like this movie was Lana taking the matrix back and how she does that. I mean, we can be more specific in spoilers, but it feels like there was a specific reason that she made this movie and it it worked for me, but for other people, they want to see, you know, uh, like Travis. I think you mentioned earlier that you wish they had just use like a like a new cast of characters, like push the lore forward or something, you know, like the 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 machines that are in, you know, the piece has been broken and a new hero arises or or something that is like lore driven. And I feel like this movie is really not concerned. With that aspect of this story, it's taking for a back- movie
1: that is not concerned with lore. It is confusing as, <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> That's my problem. Like I agree with Travis. It felt like it was trying to have its cake and eat it too because you know the some of the uh, intentionality in the film is like pretty much just laid out for you in that ridiculous video game scene. Um, but other parts of the movie were like they felt like like the like lana was trying to give the matrix kind of a new lease you know sort of like a 2021 reflection of itself and um to me that just read as an agenda and i don't think it served the film and i don't think it served the franchise very well um you know as a uh, whatever you call a foursome, (laughs) A, a four banger in bowling. Um, I, I just thought it was a bad movie, sloppy, confusing, boring, pretty uninspiring, didn't like the performances. Um, and all of the other, uh, sort of like political goings on that were associated with the creation of the film were irrelevant to my experience.
0: So I'm curious, I mean, maybe this is something we should say for spoilers, but, like, what about it you found confus- f- confusing? Because, uh, like, on a plot level, I found it to be pretty straightforward. Like, uh, uh, from, like, a point A to point B, like, what is happening in the movie? I didn't have a hard time tracing what was happening. Is Is that what you mean by... Like, I guess maybe we need to address in the spoilers, but like, were you, did you have a hard time following what was happening in the movie from scene to scene? Or what do you mean by that?
1: Uh, my main questions are with the analyst. Honestly, don't know who the fuck that guy is (laughs) or why he existed. And I probably checked out in multiple conversations in the movie, but it felt pretty, um, uh, pretty, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Explainy. The better word for that exposition, yeah. <laughs> Expository.
0: Well, yeah. I, th- I think the uh, I think the analyst was like basically a, a stand in for it. It was like he was like a weird combination of the oracle and the architect from the original trilogy, like aspects of both of them kind of woven into one character um yeah but nobody understood the
1: the fucking oracle and the architect to begin with like people who watched matrix 3 for the first time were like what was what happened
2: (laughs) or two i don't remember when he has
1: a conversation with the architect (laughs) so for them to come back and like take the weak like the weakest part of the whole franchise and then (laughs) turn it into another one of these like weird ass characters the best part of the villain side of um of uh the matrix was agent smith and they just completely bastardized him, turned him into a frat bro.
0: <laughs> see, I actually really liked what they did. Not, I mean, it would have been really nice to see Hugo Weaving, obviously, back in the movie. But, I mean, again, this is getting into spoilers, but I think there there's a very concerted effort to make this story about Neo and Trinity. And I think having Hugo Weaving... Or having Lawrence Fishburne in there. Like I think I think it was a specific decision was made to not recast those two actors. Like I think there's a reason why we see a new version of Asian Smith. We see uh like a rebooted essentially version of Morpheus as like a computer program, because I think there was a conscious effort made by Lana and the other screenwriters to like make the story center around neo and trinity and not just be this like chosen one narrative about about neo um i do think not all of that stuff that's
2: what the whole trilogy was about
0: well i think that's the thing i think (laughs) i think for lana i think the whole trilogy was it's a it's a it's a love story like yeah there's all this other stuff going on but i think especially it was
1: good Because it was tragic, and it was, like, difficult, and there were sacrifices.
0: Sure. Well, you don't think that 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 is the case in this movie? I mean, without being too specific, I mean, Neo basically uh, is willing to jeopardize all of human life (laughs) that remains to save save Trinity. Like, you don't think there's some sort of, like... uh, poetic. But then uh, it has
1: a happy ending. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. I think that's <laughs> that's intentional too. Um, it's like a Disney movie.
0: I think if we can talk more openly about this stuff, um, it'll be better. Uh, do you guys want to wrap up general impression, impressions and give star ratings and then maybe we can be um, a bit more specific
2: with the stuff? Yeah, I'll just say one last thing and then I'm ready for spoilers. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think just for me and maybe I just need to watch it again, but the experience watching it was not very enjoyable. But, like, everything... Like, anyone talking about this movie positively, it, like, makes me want to, like, you know, give it another chance. And so, like, I don't even think anyone is wrong about this movie. Like, I see both sides. Um, I don't think this is, like... Yeah, it's a very divisive movie. Like, I don't think it's just, like... (laughs) Something that, you know, it's not 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. They, not every critic has it on their top 10 list or whatever. It's, I would say it's mostly mixed to negative, but there are some champions of it out there. Um, and I think that the movie will just get better as time goes on. Like I think people will, it'll be one that people reevaluate and like find value in it ra- rather than just like writing it off like we are. Tom and I, at least, and the others um, on first viewing. Um, So yeah, I I don't, I feel like I'm very in the middle on it and I don't even really have an opinion, Um, but for now I'm still on the negative side. Mm -hmm.
1: I'll say, I thought you made a compelling argument for it, Matt, Um, one that I hadn't fully considered, to be honest, but... Um I am not open to a reassessment of this movie.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. I'll always blame myself before the movie.
1: I'm just never gonna I'm just never gonna sit through another two and a half hours of that.
2: Well I know Tom. It's hard to get you to watch ten movies in a year, so
0: Yeah. That's two and a half hours is an ask. <laughs>
2: I was complaining to
1: yeah. <laughs> I was in a I was in a, a mood when I talked to Travis uh about about this movie the first time and I was uh part of it is just every movie I feel like now is two and a half hours. It's it's kinda killing me. I can't do it anymore.
0: A lot um, of them are especially like uh the tentpole releases.
2: Yeah, end of year releases have all been like over two hours it seems. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, and yeah, yeah. any blockbuster these days is like two and a half plus it's pretty gross. <laughs> 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 All right. Any other general
0: thoughts before we give star ratings and uh, and move into some spoiler discussion?
2: I'm good. Me too.
0: All right. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna give it a four and a half here. Four and a half stars. Room to grow. <laughs> I just, you know, there are some things I'll mention that, you know, not everything works. There's some pretty, pretty bad lines of dialogue in this movie. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, okay. it, it's not perfect, but. Matt's coming back to reality just a little bit. <laughs> I, I was very overwhelmed by this film. And, um, gotta leave in some a room to up. Could go up. Could, could, could go down. We'll see. We'll see. Four and a half. That's where I am now.
2: Fair enough. Uh, I'm at two stars for now. One star.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For good. No notes. There will be no discussion. One star film.
1: (laughs) I mean, someone's going to have to really, like, uh, really (laughs) lay it on thick for this to change.
0: Okay. So, let's, uh, where do we want to start? Um I mean I would like to start with this the centering the the recentering of the story around the love story right between Neo and Trinity. I mean the end of the film is pretty explicit with what it's the message is trying to get across and and yes it's a message that is very sentimental but to me it felt earnest i mean essentially it's a message of you know love is the most powerful force in the universe love comes all like that type of thing um which sure could be viewed as as overly saccharine but i mean what did you guys think of what the last like 10 minutes or so of the film did you want to barf did you think it was sweet did you love it Where where did you land on how how the the journey ended? I guess we can start there.
2: I definitely wanted to barf at the final moment before the credits when the uh, song kicks in.
0: Oh man, you didn't love the the Rage Against the
2: Machine cover? Oh, no, God. even though I wanted it, to, uh... it's totally fitting for what they're going for in this fourth one. But fuck off.
1: <laughs> I compared it to when they play um, "I'm Just a Girl" in Captain Marvel.
0: A little too on the nose for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, but, no, I wanted to barf, but in my defense, there is a Love Conquers All scene or two in the Matrix trilogy that I liked. I mean, I'm pretty sure... Yeah.
0: Oh, there's a bunch I'm <coughs> pretty of pretty sure them.
1: Trinity, like, brings Neo back to life or something with her love, so...
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm
0: And that's in the very first movie, right?
2: That sweet, yeah. sweet love. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I feel like I get some leeway. I'm, I'm not a love hater. <laughs> Just gotta do it right. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. I'm with Tom. I'm not against the love, but uh, I think it was done better in the original trilogy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like it was always there. I think for me, like, like I've alluded to before, like for me, this whole thing is about like taking ownership of these characters back, and and recentering it and being. Yeah. More explicit, even more explicit than mm. it was before about literally bringing them back to life, right? <laughs> 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 and um, it's, I mean, it's that, that that message has always been there. Like I was reading, um, I w- I was reading an article from it's like 2019, I think, um, and it quoted. Uh, let me see. I took a note here. So in 2016, Lana and, uh, Lily accepted, um, a a GLAAD award, um, in 2016 for their work, um, as, as trans artists. And there was a quote in the article I read, um, that Lily gave in the acceptance speech. Now, to be clear, Lily was not involved in the creation of, of this movie, I don't know if she's like retired from filmmaking or what, but um, this was just Lana that was involved in rebooting. Yeah, that's a good question.
2: I haven't really heard the reasoning for why she wasn't involved at all, but I would assume it's just she's out of the game.
0: Yes. Uh, She also wasn't involved in... Like the second season of Sense Eight or something like that. Like I think mm. she's uh, retired. I think I, I don't know exactly what it is, but anyway, she's
2: pulling an Ethan Cohen. Yeah, <laughs> I heard something, Look, but loser. I don't know if it's true. Uh,
0: I I
1: heard that she said she didn't want to like revisit the works that were created so closely to her transition. And both both their parents died like really within a short amount of time from each other. I think around the time of the making of the Matrix.
0: Yeah, well, so that was one of the main reasons why Lana ultimately decided to make this movie because she, both of them were very opposed and were on the record saying they have no interest in making another Matrix movie. But yeah, like just like you said, like they experienced a lot of of loss. And Lana, basically for her, it was like a comfort thing. Like she felt... Like, writing these characters, it gave her a sense of of home and comfort, and that's part of the reason why it was, like, therapeutic for her to, like, be in this world again and write about these characters. But um, circling back to what I was going to say, so there was a quote in that acceptance speech, and it was Lily who says it, but I I think it's really interesting, especially through the lens of of this film coming on the heels of that. Um, Lily said... There's a critical eye being cast back on Lana and I's work through the lens of our transness. This is a cool thing because it's an excellent reminder that art is never static. And while the ideas of identity and transformation are critical components in our work, the bedrock that all ideas rest upon is love. Yeah, that's a little bit corny, but I think that it ultimately distills what this movie is about i mean it's it's basically recontextualizing the whole you know universe as being about this intangible love between neo and trinity and i just there's so many choices in this movie that you can point to and say that's too much that is nostalgia bait that is corny but it just it just felt to me like an artist who is like I said taking back something that is very special to them and making something only they could make and not making it for everyone else not making it for the fanboys not making it for the the fucking reddit posters who are all concerned about the the lore they're making it for them right and I've that came across to me the whole time I was watching this movie and it just It was contagious. Like The whole time I was watching it, I was like, this feels special to me. And I did find it interesting. And I I do think there's a lot that is going to be rewarding on rewatches. I was very entertained. And I thought it was very enjoyable. What was the budget
2: on this? Do you know? It
0: was pretty big. It was like 150 mil, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Pretty big. Seems like a pretty expensive... uh therapy session yes me
0: i mean but but really if you think about it like how often do people have an opportunity to do whatever the fuck they want with that kind of money i mean they literally call out the warner brothers like they were people who
2: make make movies like the matrix they can do whatever the fuck they want yeah exactly
0: (laughs) and the budget 190 million dollars Jeez. Like there's never been anything like this on this scale. And I just find that so brave and interesting. And I was all about the directions that it that it went, recontextualizing it around the story between Neho and Trinity. Loved it.
2: Matt, I, I love you gushing about the movie, but again, I didn't love the movie. <laughs>
0: i'm not trying to turn you guys i'm just saying no i know
2: i know uh yeah i just i don't know i feel like uh like i can enjoy the movie more just by hearing someone talk positively about it than actually like watch it itself like i think the idea of it or like the idea of making it uh is is great but i just don't know if the like execution was great And it's cool that she or yeah, that she made the movie for herself, but again, like there's lots of people who are gonna watch this and we're looking forward to it and Yeah, kind of kind of a disappointment.
0: I think a really interesting comparison would be The Last Jedi, you know, like a movie that is in a very established universe and fans have, you know, certain expectations of how Mm -hmm. things should go. And part of, part of both films are about, you know, subverting those expectations and trying to do something creative with this, this template that's been established. And this is a much, a much more personal and uh, a messier version of that. But I do think, it's interesting to look at the I guess you could call it backlash to both of these from certain segments of I the fan group, you know.
2: Maybe a better comparison would be the whole new trilogy of Star Wars compared to Resurrections. Rather than just Last Jedi to Resurrections.
0: Well, uh, just I mean, the whole
2: like, you know, like rebooting and like um Doing all the uh, fan service stuff, but also trying to, like, create something new simultaneously. Um, and then, like, I don't know, doing some, like, course correcting and all that. It just seems kind of similar.
0: See, I think it's funny that you say that because I think this movie is, like, would be very critical of The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker, right? Like, I think, yeah, part but of what the this Force movie... Awakens
2: does feel kind of similar to this in a way. Rise of Skywalker feels like just um, them trying to essentially go back on everything in Last Jedi that people got pissed about. But Force Awakens does feel similar to this one because it is kind of a reboot of the first one, like trying to give you what you want, but then there's not really that like meta element and then i think the last jedi is kind of the meta element of it um with the whole like you know killing the past and all that
0: right it's at least self aware of of star wars tropes and is being goofy with them
2: yeah so maybe yeah the first two not the f- the whole trilogy of the new ones mm-hmm. would be a better comparison to this
0: mm-hmm. fair enough um tom you're quiet over there are you just are you fucking pissed right now dude what's going on <laughs>
1: No. Just listening. <laughs> I think um yeah, I think they're both valid uh analogues for for the movie, the whole trilogy and specifically the last Jedi. I just still agree with Travis, just didn't, didn't like the movie.
0: Based on your reactions uh during this whole thing, I'm going to guess that you guys uh thought the action sequences were bad. This is where I think
2: you landed? Is that true? Um i didn't say bad i think tom did i did like uh, the motorcycle you know everyone jumping out of the the skyscraper oh scene. like the bodies as bombs
0: thing like yeah uh, bodies as bombs
2: was yeah. dope but yeah, that was um
1: cool. neo uh shield shield man shield hero pacifist neo didn't love it
2: yeah <laughs> they maybe the went back shield. to the well a little bit too much with that <laughs> Well, and that's like all he was basically doing at one point was just like blocking bullets instead of actually shooting or like fighting. I don't know. He he he, kicked no ass. And then here comes Matt with, well, that was the whole
0: point. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Well, so there are... (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned that because there are certain things that I... I don't really know how to react to that being one of them, like the decision to like essentially take powers away from Neo. Like I don't know if that is to make it
2: still do kung fu. (laughs) Oh, did you love that line? I still know kung fu.
0: (laughs) 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 There I mean there were some cool moments. Like I think the action shines for me when it, it's a little bit more smaller in scale. Like I had the same problem with the matrix sequels, especially revolutions. Like the larger scale, like CG full on Sentinel battle, Dragon Ball Z fucking fight in the city with Smith type stuff just didn't work for me in the sequels. And there are yeah. similar moments like that in this movie that are just like too heavy on the CG, just too, too much going on too messy. It's hard to follow. Like um, just from like a kinetic perspective, like following exactly what's happening. And like it's, it wasn't super well choreographed action, but there were some smaller moments that I thought were really cool. Like I actually like that fight scene that, you know, it is it is retreading the, the original. Well, the hallway was cool. I was talking about the the it moment that cool. Trey was alluding to or not Trey, Tom was alluding to um, retreading the Morpheus, you know simulation like the training fight where they're like in the dojo oh that fight no didn't that like
1: did it nothing for me Par- paris no. fashion week morpheus
0: mm-hmm. but
2: that's not even one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the the first one the best scenes in the first one is the the lobby scene and the helicopter scene
0: well we get, we have a helicopter scene on in this one yeah and it's pretty cool <laughs> right like
2: it felt just like a worse version of the first one well and so that... even do the shot with like the bullets like falling from the sky uh don't just fucking <laughs> I I love that I, I was so scene checked person, out by so... the time
1: that helicopter scene came came about and this sec- like when he redirects that missile I was just like oh, <laughs> dude this is so stupid
2: <laughs> reverse, whole... reverse
1: use the force neo I I just I don't know it looks like he was doing shit on accident I think he does I think they make it look like He's not even intentionally trying to hit the other helicopter. He just does. And he's like, well, that worked out. (laughs) Save save me Trinity. (laughs) Oh
0: God. You guys are going to love this and you're going to be like classic Matt, but I definitely got choked up when they jumped off the roof and, uh, Trinity like is the one who is like flying and like saves them. They're like, because you think for a minute there, like, is this going to be like a Toy Story 3, like switcherose, r- r- like you think they're going to die and then, you know. No shot. <laughs> <gonna> but, <laughs> I loved, I loved it. I got choked up. You did choked up with laughter? Like. No, uh, dude. It's not the one I anymore. Thought, it's the yeah. dude. I thought dude,
1: Wonder
2: dude. Woman
0: 1984
1: had the worst flying scene in all of cinema, but. Now it's
0: the Matrix Resurrections. Oh, no way, dude! It was beautiful, thematically and visually. No way. Huge. No,
1: visually it looked awkward as hell. It looked like what? They were Oh, I from loved Wire. it. I
0: thought it was amazing. I mean, <laughs> they looked, were hanging. It looked from worse
1: Wire, than but... than uh, Twenty One Jump Street in the Peter Pan costume. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Hans Gruber falling from Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> No, oh, dude, it was amazing. Loved it. Got choked up. It's it's, it's about love, man. Come on. <laughs> How could you get, Joe, get a man, heart, you man. Such a
1: fucking sucker for love. Oh,
0: you know it, bud. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <clears throat> what did you guys think Matt, of the is new? Is this going
1: p- on your? Uh, is this going on your top hundred all time? Is this weekend? It's no,
0: no. Top Slow ten of this year. Um, at it's this present, friend, this right? present moment. No, it's not even fringe right now, bud. Right now, it's there. Uh, oh, I got okay. I got a lot to watch, but
2: well, I'm saying, yeah, I guess it probably will be f- fringe, you know, towards the bottom or outside by the end of your cram.
0: Depends on if I cram this movie and try to get in, you know, get that five star bump. Maybe oh, move it man. up, but yes, without a rewatch, we're looking at fringe top ten. But when all is said and done, yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the new characters? Bugs. Um, Teen Titans. Yeah, Teen Titans. You guys <laughs> love them? Sounds like it. They were cool. What was with that,
1: uh, that like way uh, um, high-tech version of Dozer?
0: Oh, Seb or whatever? Se- I don't Seek? know.
1: He was just like always there. Sec. Okay. Um, it's like, yeah, we've just developed new technology. He can just sort of be here.
0: <laughs> oh, but he's not really there. Yeah, yeah, that was a little. I didn't. I didn't love the visualization of that because it was a little confusing. Because, like, I, I guess we always knew he wasn't actually in the Matrix, but it was still a little bit like, okay. I mean, does he really need to be in here? What is the what? What purpose does this serve narratively? Like, that is one thing I wasn't a huge fan of. But um, what I mean, there's also the transition from the phone booth extraction to, like, it's just mirrors now. And, like, you had to move away from the phone booths because, like, those don't fucking exist anymore. So, like, that makes sense. But what, I mean, did you guys have any sort of feelings about the... They, they just kind of... It just kind of gets explained in, like, a line of dialogue or, like, exposition. Like, oh, we do mirrors now. Yeah.
1: I mean, my take uh, was just all of these different components added up to be a much less gritty movie you know the the matrix felt like really raw and and gritty and dangerous and this movie didn't and part of it was like the upgrade in tech part of it was the younger hip you know crew part of it was the mere I'll say the one part that I did think sucked was when they were like, do you know how long it took me to hack into that mirror? It's like you guys are in and out of mirrors every 10 seconds in this fucking movie. And you're going to complain about how, like you had to sit there and write a thousand lines of code. I just, uh, <laughs> ugh, every yeah. line you, in this
2: movie. The the mirrors just don't really make sense as like the new device. Phones, phone booths did to me back then, at least but to transition it to mirrors. Why mirrors, Matt?
0: Um, that specifically just felt like they needed to get away from. I mean, they're they're. I guess you could view it like, fr- through like a trans lens of like, you seeing yourself one way in the mirror, and the outside world sees you a different way. I mean, they 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 get into that with the whole. To everybody else but Trinity. Neo looks like, you know, that fucking old bald man or whatever. Like but specifically with the the tech of it, like I don't know why mirrors specifically, but yeah, I do think the tech
2: doesn't make sense unless it's like some high-tech smart mirror that Right. Like with. why 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 do
0: <laughs> why do mirrors or like does it have to be a mirror can it be any reflective surface? Like can you buff out your fucking, you know, Trinity's motorcycle and like use that as a as a, a extraction point, like it's it's a little loosey goosey. Like I I do think the original trilogy is a little bit more uh, adherent to rules because I do think it's a little bit more of a uh, a, a slave to like science fiction. Um, maybe tropes isn't the right word, but it's a little bit more attempting to be like hard sci-fi in the sense that it's like. Very lore-driven, and there's these certain things, and there's a way that the world works, and I don't think that this new movie is as uh is as concerned about those kind of specifics. You know what I mean? Um, right.
2: We're just supposed to kind of take it for what it is. Right.
0: Uh, maybe you think about it too hard, and it just falls apart, kind of thing. Um, I don't well, know. I wasn't gonna let
2: the mirror thing ruin my experience there's plenty other things to do that but (laughs) i can (laughs) get a picture but i'm not worried about the (laughs) mirrors uh fun fact did you guys know who uh tiffany's husband was in the movie the actor
0: chad that was chad stahelski wasn't
2: it yeah fuck yeah dude which is also pretty cool because he was neo stunt double in the at at least i think the first one right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm mm-hmm I know he was like a stunt coordinator, I'm not really sure what his his duties were on all the movies, but I thought that was a cool little Easter egg.
0: It's perfect, dude. Cause not only is his real name Chad, like <laughs> he represents the archetype of the Chad. Oh you know? yeah. He Tiffany he and Chad. Like it's just oh <laughs> what serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah love that um i there i have seen a lot of criticism of the the, the climax moment where uh basically neo makes the deal with uh the architect that's his name right yeah the architect to basically if he can convince trinity to leave that he'll he'll let them leave the matrix and she just like has that moment where she's like, no, I'm leaving with my family. And then it's like, a, oh, wait, never mind. The Matrix is real. This is a sham. Like I've seen a lot of people be really critical about how that that programming is in there specifically to keep her there. So why was it so easy for her to just like leave her family behind? And one thing that people have been getting hung up on, and I'm, I'm curious about how you guys interpreted it, is that, all of the arguments I've heard about that situation seem to think that like her family is real and that they're actually like p- people who are plugged into the matrix and she's leaving them behind. But I interpreted that they're like their programs there to keep Trinity. Cause obviously Trinity and Neo are special cases, right? Like I don't get the impression that her family is real I got the impression that they're programs. But all the other interpretations that have been critical of that scene, scene seem to think that like, oh, so did just Billy and Joe just wake up the next morning and their mom just like was gone and she never came back? Like, how did you guys interpret that? Did you think that she was like leaving a family, a real quote unquote family behind? Or were you like me? It's like, you know, they're programs.
2: Who cares? You think I gave a fuck, Matt? So not
0: even didn't even <laughs> didn't even have the thought. Who cares? I, I didn't know. even think about it. I definitely th- thought that they were programs. Okay, but now that I say that, like uh, that makes sense, though, right? Because I mean, the people in the Matrix, presumably most of them anyway, are real people who are you know having their juices sucked by the machines because they're batteries or whatever, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, sucking juices. The whole theme of the film. Um, I didn't get that impression from the family because clearly no, that was
1: actually another complaint I had was that by the end of the movie, you're like, okay, so is the matrix like all programs? Because this is starting to feel really pointless.
0: Well, I mean, the, st- <laughs> <laughs> the story is about <laughs> is even trapped
1: la- anymore. <laughs> it's, like it's Neo and
0: Trinity. I mean, it's like the whole thing is that the re- the matrix was like <laughs> redesigned to keep them from breaking out of it. Right. Like the whole, taking all of Neo's like real life memories and putting them in the context of this video game. So he like has these deja vu moments, but it can be chalked up to, Oh, it's just the video game you made. Like it all felt like a very constructed reality around those two characters specifically. Everybody else is still people. Maybe not the people we see in this movie. Right. But I don't know. I get your point, though. I mean, part of the, co- the, the cool factor of the original trilogy and of Neo as a character is that he was just, like, some dude who was a hacker, right? You know, on the internet just, like, meeting people. And he goes to this, like, club and Dragula's playing, you know? And it's, like, horny and there's leather and stuff. But it's, like, yeah. now he's, yeah. like, you know, this big, like, creator of, you know, this video game and he just, like, kind of sits in a corner office. With dumb, like, like
1: glasses. <laughs>
2: Um. So, I mean, I, I get your point, but I don't know. Real quick, back to the analyst, not really the character, more so the actor who plays him, mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, I don't, was it like, was it Harold and Kumar where he just became like the joke, you know? Like, I don't know, anytime I see him come on screen or appear in a movie, I just can't take him seriously, no matter what, like Gone Girl, this movie, Like he just feels so out of place in every movie. Like he's, to me, he's not an actor. He's Neil Patrick Harris. And anytime he's in a movie, he's not a character. He's Neil Patrick Harris. And I maybe Harold and Kumar ruined it for me because I think isn't there just like a running gag of Neil Patrick Harris or like a maybe like a reveal where it's like oh it's Neil Patrick Harris. It's hilarious. I can't remember. But well, he
0: he's playing himself in the Harold and Kumar movies, but he's like a total dick. In those movies. And I'm pretty sure he's straight in the Harold and Kumar movies.
2: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: So, yeah. I mean, maybe because we don't know him. I shouldn't say we. Uh, he He's Doogie Howser, right? Isn't that how... That was like his breakout role. Wasn't he Doogie Howser? Right. I think Harold and Kumar was like right before How I Met Your Mother, you know? So it's like one of our earliest so exposures to him is
2: this like... You he know. was a joke, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> to begin with, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Doogie Hauser. ha ha ha. He was a joke.
0: <laughs> well, then still, and, and his 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 is. most famous role is is Barney on How I Met Your Mother, and he's kind of like a smarmy like asshole on that show, you know, sarcastic prick, right? I watched of thing. a
2: few episodes of that, and
0: it's yeah. ass. It's a shit show, but um, Damn. it's Damn, <laughs> He. I I do th- I agree with you that I I don't have a problem with him in this movie Gone Girl for whatever reason like I agree with you there like he, it feels out of place like it feels like I'm watching like Jeff Goldblum is kind of turned into that too in a sense I don't know how you guys feel about that but Jeff Goldblum oh, yeah, was one of those actors love Jeff who was Gr- like
1: Goldrum. Goldblum
0: Goldblum Goldblum yeah Goldblum <laughs> he yeah i get i liked him in this role and in this movie like i thought he he fit yeah that character well i think
2: so too it just for me personally anytime i see him on screen it kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit and it's probably not even his fault i think it's just like the way media has you know consumed him (laughs) but right uh that's just like my brain immediately just is like oh it's him I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe that's. Uh,
0: I'm gonna give Lana all of the credit here. I feel like she's way smarter than I am, and a lot of this stuff <laughs> feels very intentional to me. And uh, some of these things that I don't get, I hope that I will uh, come to understand on a rewatch. But at a certain point, like I just gave myself over to her vision of this, and
2: um, even the the casting went over our heads. This movie's just fucking too smart.
0: There's a meta level to it as well. You know, <laughs> casting uh, Jonathan Groff from Manhunter as a uh, as Agent Smith. I mean, <laughs> what's up with that? I don't know. Ask Lana. <laughs> 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 um, I'm I'm done. You guys have anything else you need to You're say? Tapped out. I'm tapped out. It's still very fresh. I I feel like I need to sit with this. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have more to say when we record our our best of twenty twenty one episode. But title makes I'm a lot tapped. more sense
2: now, right? After saying it, yeah.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> you got to keep the r <laughs> r alliteration going. You know, Revol- resu- re- reloaded revolutions resurrection. So yeah, what Not other dead r movie? R- Basically, what other he wrote r- himself in a corner. It's well, yeah, dude, running out of r words. <laughs> I mean, there's one they could have gone with, but you might have liked it more, but offensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just it, rather than going against the the men's rights activists like the right, you know, anti-wokeness, they should have gone the other way and just, you know, <laughs> the Matrix R-worded, you know, and just fucking <laughs> gone fully in. <laughs> <laughs> Neo is a, uh, you know, uh played You should
1: call it The Matrix rehashed.
0: What's that um, what's that Johnny Knoxville? Oh, The Ringer. What if oh, Neo Ringer, was giving, yeah. like, a Johnny Knoxville-esque performance in The Ringer as Neo, and they just, like, went full anti-woke? Wouldn't that have been huge? Huge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what could huge. have been? Um. Okay. That's enough of the Matrix Resurrections. Um. Do we want to... Just end it there. I mean, we have a little bit of time here, but I mean, we're going to be doing Best of 2021 next. Any, let me get, leave it to you guys. Is there any, uh, any watches you want to mention? Anything you want to bring up here before
2: we, uh, wrap it well, up? Well, I
1: have a few short ones.
2: Sure. Um, I'll, d- yeah, Tom, you can go in a second. I don't really want to talk about anything this episode beyond Matrix just because, uh, I've been doing a lot of 2021 cramming and I feel Mm -hmm. like if I highlight any like movies that I love that I've watched recently, that it might be spoiling that episode a bit. So, um, yeah, just keep, uh, keep the suspense rolling and we'll move on to Tom. Mm -hmm. All
1: right. Well, on our, Sarah and I had our baby moon, which meant that we stayed in a hotel in Bellevue for two nights and um without our son obviously and slept until as late as we wanted and watched movies and um sarah watched uh uh uh, mid midsummer
0: Uh, for the first
1: time it's a pretty (laughs) pretty big deal i was worried she wouldn't be able to handle it but uh she did great she really liked it um probably the worst possible viewing experience for that like chromecast on terrible uh terrible internet Wi-Fi
0: on a thir- 32 like, inch insignia eight. hotel TV.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was bigger than 32, but it was not, not huge. Uh, yeah. So the, the visual quality really suffered, which I think we all understand is uh, pretty critical to that film. Mm. Um, I mm. watched Paddington on Christmas. Mm. thought that would Beautiful. make Travis happy. It was very mm. good. Very lovable. Definitely going to watch it at some point. did you watch it some point?
2: With your son? That's the big question.
1: No, no. He was asleep. Okay. We
2: got to yeah. wait a year or two for the Paddington yeah. watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, he's mostly Daniel Tiger right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> 25 minutes at a time. Um, <laughs> and. I don't know if you guys are watching the new season of Queer Eye, but it's great as always. I cry almost every episode. As always, that show is fantastic.
2: I did start it. I've watched the first two episodes, or at least I and? think they were the first two. The bodybuilder was the second one, and the first one was the. It was another older woman, blonde lady who worked. Up That's the- right like i don't know yeehaw place <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah we skipped uh, one yeah, they it's, do it's one still that's good. like a prom committee but uh oh, okay uh i'm sure we'll go back to it but so far i think i've seen four or five episodes they will, they've all been
0: pretty solid nice i haven't yep, watched it yet it's, it's fine, still know. a great show okay speaking of great shows have either of you started yellow jackets yet mm-hmm.
2: i did actually um oh yeah I'm about, I think, four or five episodes in. Are you loving it? I'm loving it quite a bit. It's pretty sweet, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it is a good show. I mean, I guess I'm, I don't, I don't know if I love, like, knowing that there's this extra angle that they tease, basically, in the first episode, and then, like, now you're just waiting for it to, you know, come to fruition, but, uh. I am digging it. I just, I don't know. Sometimes I don't really dig the, like... I can't remember if I talked about it on a previous episode or not, but, like... And I'm blanking on the term. Like, it's some sort of device where they, like, show something, you know, pretty substantial at the very beginning, and then you, you know, you're, like, leading up to it the whole time.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't don't know what the specific, like, narrative term is, but... No, he, he he's <laughs> is talking it like a
2: framing device, or is that not? Yeah, that, that's an accurate, accurate way enough. of describing
0: okay. it. Like basically, I mean, Tom, you haven't watched you haven't watched it yet, correct? Is that right, Tom? Mm-mm. So that's right. It's like it's like a movie that starts at the end, bookend. You know, like a movie that shows you the ending. Not it's not that explicit because we don't know that that's how the show ends. But there's just like a very crazy thing a teaser that they show in the first episode you know mm-hmm. but yeah it's 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 well, showing information ahead of time and then not like, yeah immediately and then, contextualizing it
2: in addition to that the show is consists of an event happening you know earlier in life and then we're in present day and then the, the show keeps flashing back to that time period of the event um yeah, I, I just, I don't know, it's just, I feel like not having that little nugget at the beginning would have made for a better surprise later on. But I still haven't even got to that point yet, so who knows, it could still rock. But uh, yeah, I love like the cast and the whole mystery of it. Love a good uh, survivalist story. Oh
0: yeah, you love show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Matt, have you seen um,
1: Succession?
0: Um, I watched the first couple episodes and I was into it, but I fell off it and haven't gone back.
1: Dude, I just finished season one. That show's so good.
0: Yeah. I'm hooked. I'll get around to it. Now that the second season or third season, third. now that it's finished, I'll go back to it. I oh, got, it's done? Well, not for I good, s- but the, se- the season okay, okay. is finished. I don't think okay, it's yeah. coming back though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, I still got to finish Curb. I got a couple episodes of Curb. Got to watch the last episode of uh, It's Always Sunny. Oh, and Tom, you'll love this. Haley and I have gotten super into Great British Bake Off over the past several weeks. Oh, yeah. That show is amazing.
1: (laughs) Which season? Like brand new or older stuff?
0: Well, we started at the beginning, but they Mm -hmm. just took them off December 31st. So like all the Mary Berry seasons are gone. Oh, so we watched Ouch. the first two. Just
1: as you were seasons. getting into it, they yeah, pulled dude. the plug. I
2: think That's there were the only worst. three Mary Berry
1: seasons, right?
0: <laughs> well, they took so Netflix does like collections. There were nine collections, and they removed the first four collections. And I thought those were all the like the Mary Berry because now the season that we're watching now, she's gone. It's it's Prue now, and this is the yeah. first Prue season. Like they say okay. that explicitly, so I was assuming the other ones are Mary Berry seasons, but
1: Prue uh, grew on me. By the way, if you're not enjoying her,
0: oh no, I like Prue. You'll,
1: you'll come around, okay?
0: Yeah, no, I'm into Prue. I love Noel too. Someone I don't described
1: know how... me, this. Someone described her to me as wearing um, Lego jewelry. Next <laughs> <The last laughs> time you see her, you won't be able. I to already get Legos know. In here that's, that's
0: amazing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I, I like Prue. I like Noel. I'm not sure how I feel about um, Sandy. Is that her name?
1: Yeah, well, she's only around for a season or two.
0: Oh, shit. Spoilers, yeah. Tom. Jesus. Uh, I don't know if it's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. Um, all right. Is that going to do her? Anything else before we uh, before we get out of here?
1: No, this was fun, though. A lively debate. We haven't had that in a while.
0: Yeah, we haven't had uh, a movie with uh, such uh, varying
2: opinions in quite a while.
1: Keep them coming, Lana. Except this time make well, one that
2: I like. <laughs> How about to uh, end the show, we all uh, give a few movies on our watch list that we are planning on watching mm. before the episode, the top ten episode.
0: Sure. Tom, uh Paw Patrol, uh, the movie?
2: Hmm. Well, Well, I'm really curious what what Tom is going to prioritize (laughs) because he hasn't seen a lot. Uh, I've seen maybe more than you think.
1: Um, Okay. Well, I mean, I guess I've rated everything, right? So you know exactly what I've seen. Um, I'm about halfway through uh, Power of the Dog. I have to finish that. We turned it off. We were too bored. Right. So So, I'm loving that one so (laughs) far.
2: How many sessions (laughs) has it been so far? (laughs) Just one. I mean, oh okay. Sorry. So you did make it halfway at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, wasn't like 10 or 20 uh, minutes and then
1: and then I said I don't have time for this craftsmanship.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh
1: I want to watch the new Spider-Man. I want to watch Come on, come on and I want to watch uh The Humans. Um mm. anything else I should be prioritizing?
0: Uh pig did you see Pig?
1: I saw Pig. You did see Pig, okay. Oh, tight, uh, Oh, uh, Titan. Spencer, and then Titan.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen Titan yet. That's, that's uh, very high on my list. Yeah, definitely check that one out. Tom,
1: did you ever see I, Dune? Yeah, I saw Dune. I saw The Last Duel. I saw The Green Knight. I saw Black Widow.
0: Licorice Pizza? You seen okay. that
1: yet? No, no, that's on my list.
0: Get in there, bud. Uh Shiva Baby. You saw Shiva Baby, didn't we talk about that on the show? Yeah. Did you not watch that? Yeah, that?
1: I hated that one. No. Nope.
0: And nope. you liked it. <laughs> 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 Ouch. Um for me it's it's Titan. Um, uh The French Dispatch. I haven't seen yet. Power of the Dog. Um, even though I don't make I don't think it's gonna make the list, I'm saving myself
2: for the voyeurs. Wait until I'm in the right mood, if you know what I mean. Uh, that will definitely not make your top ten, but, but it was pretty fun. Yeah.
0: I'm going to check her out. Neither will reasons. the French Dispatch. Eh, well, we'll see. I'm still going to prioritize that one. The Card Counter, my boy Paul Schrader. i got to make time for that one. Probably just end up having to rent it. Um, and Annette. I would love to see Annette. Those are, those are the heavy hitters, I would say. anyway. That I can think of off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, I have seen quite a bit. I think there's a couple that we're not going to be able to see before we do our episode, like mm-hmm. Drive My Car and The Worst Person in the World. and Petite Maman. You know, I mm-hmm. think I could have seen Drive My Car, but it was only playing Limited at like a month or so ago in the Seattle area, and I didn't even know about it until like a few weeks ago. Oh, so.
0: Brutal. Was it playing at SIF? Like SIF Uptown or something? But...
2: The the chance of me driving down to Seattle these days to go watch a three hour foreign film, very <laughs> slim, very slim. What about the Lost times, Daughter? Times have changed. Oh, actually, I just watched that today after work. I liked it quite a bit. Mm. Yeah,
0: okay. It's mm. on my list. It's it's one I'm most likely going to get to. That's one that Haley wants to watch. So that's one that I'm sure I would say, say it makes cut.
2: Like. Oh, I haven't rated it yet, but I'm probably around like four stars if that does anything for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: that, I heard, so,
1: Encanto was great.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll probably, I
2: might try and check that one out too. It was solid. I watched it a few days ago. Mm. Yeah, we'll
0: see. My list is huge. Travis can attest to that, and it's only getting Not bigger. A,
2: I didn't like Encanto as much as Ryan and the Last Dragon or... Mitchell versus the machines. If we're talking animated movies, oh yeah, Tom,
0: have you seen the Mitchell versus the machines?
2: Or yeah, the Mitchells versus the machines.
0: The Mitchells versus the better be better than the Last
1: Dragon. It's
0: way way like it. It's awesome. Like that. That's a fringe pick for me right now for like my top ten list. It won't make the final list, but it's really good. Haley and I just watched it like a week ago. You would like it. Oh, what
1: about what about Nightmare Alley? You guys see that?
2: I did. Uh, I have not. It was okay. It was very like middle of the road. Pretty disappointing oh, for dude. Guillermo.
1: Joe, Joe loved it. Really? I think so. Who's Joe? My brother-in-law.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> what was your tone there, Travis? Who's <laughs> Joe? <laughs> well, you talked about him as if we knew. Who the fuck is Joe? <laughs> I feel
1: <laughs> like his name has come up before. Yeah, you anyway, might be hey, right. Joe? You're hi
2: joe if you're listening but um What's up, joe? nightmare alley was not very good it was okay it was fine it just i don't know kind of disappointing mm. maybe i had too high expectations or expect more from guillermo but
1: yeah. all right last one did you guys see mass
2: not yet no, it's on the list though. but i really want to see that i'll probably rent it on my voodoo in the next couple of weeks so if you guys want to coordinate well i'll probably you know watch just, it myself just do I it and s- then tell us <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> don't yeah. yeah you don't have to coordinate the the rental time to when it's convenient <laughs> for us
2: but well yeah I'll us at least text up. you guys and let you know it's on there yeah yeah, yeah. sick uh, for me <laughs> the the few main titles I want to catch before the list is Red Rocket which I'm actually mm-hmm. going to see right after this oh shit uh, last last chance to see it so gotta do it uh, oh. the last duel mm-hmm. nine days mm-hmm yep. I uh, kind of want to see West Side Story. Yeah, me too. Mass was one of them. And then mm-hmm. got to check out Tragedy of Macbeth. Yep. Are we going to be able to? Well, you probably will. It's on Apple starting like January 18th, I think.
0: Oh, that soon? I thought it was like early February sure. or some shit. I'm
2: pretty sure it's January 18th. I, I know it's this month and pretty sure it's before we plan on doing it. So we should be good there.
0: Okay yeah can't wait it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one all right you guys good i'm good yeah cool all right well thank you everybody for joining us that was a fun one uh next time you hear the three of us we'll be talking the best of 2021 it's always my favorite episode of the year can't wait should be a good time but uh thank you everybody for listening Send us an email. Let us know what your favorite film or films of 2021 were. We always like uh, reading some emails on the show if we get a chance. So uh, send an email to cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite film of 2021. And uh, you know, let us know what you want to see content-wise in the new year. We're open to suggestions. So subscribe to the feed. You know the drill. Thank you everybody for listening We'll talk to you soon Bye Bye
2: Later